0: Welcome to the Marcus Cope Fitness Podcast. I am your host, Marcus Cope. Welcome back. I've been looking forward to sharing this episode with you today. I got to chat with one of my favorite trainers and someone I look up to, Danny Kennedy. Danny is such a knowledgeable guy who provides great content enjoy welcome to the marcus co fitness podcast danny thanks mate thanks for having me on i um i appreciate it i've been looking for this chat all week so you're one of my favorite trainers and i learned lots of uh, lots from you so it's uh great to be it's great for me to be able to get you on uh how you thanks, been mate, anyway? i appreciate
1: it yeah look i've been good um just working away things obviously a bit different than usual not in the gym and you know just just having to adapt um, a bit more than usual, but other than that, I mean, not much to complain about. I'm still lucky that I'm able to work, um, trying to focus on just whatever I can control and, and making the most of the extra time, I guess, and, and just, yeah, like I said, adapting and being resourceful, uh, which, which, has been, which has been
0: okay. No, that's great to hear. I uh, just want to start off by a bit of background on yourself, where you grew up, what sports did you play, and then how did you decide to get into personal training?
1: Yeah, um, so I grew up in Horsham, Victoria. Um, played sport like my whole whole junior um, career. Like I'd put f- football and basketball, always kind of preferring basketball over the two um, when kind of push come to shove if I had to choose one or the other. And then um, in year 12, uh, like I, I started lifting weights and like getting in the gym at around about 16, 15, yep. 16 years old just because I was way too skinny. And one of my basketball coaches said that I should get in the gym and start to put on some size and um, initially I hated the gym like I I did not enjoy it that much at all yeah it wasn't really my thing I was much more of a runner like I loved running came natural to me more of a cardio type person and then obviously fell in love with the gym after not too long to be honest like saw some results and really started to get uh, I guess addicted to going to the gym so when I was in year 12 I, um, I did my certificate in personal training via correspondence yep um and I didn't really know if I was going to need it or whatever, because my whole my whole uh, goal was to play basketball. Like I wanted to play basketball professionally, wanted to go to college and do all that stuff. And then um, I actually, you know, funnily enough, I end of 2011, so year 12, I decided to to stop playing basketball and focus on footy. Yep. Uh, but then things changed pretty quickly, and within a couple of weeks, I was actually moving to to Melbourne for basketball and yeah, I've been in Melbourne ever since. So I moved here for two years for basketball. Um, had an ankle reconstruction after the two years and that kind of put a big stop to basketball for a bit, which I, which at the time was like, devastating because I was, again, set on playing basketball and that was it. Like That was all mm-hmm. I really wanted to do. Um, hadn't started work as a trainer or anything yet because I just didn't have time. Uh, but after the reconstruction, I, I got stuck into building my business and then never turned back from there and, um, yeah, now, then started to see, like, the impact I could have on other people's lives with teaching them what I'd learnt from training and, and what nutrition had done for me and then, yeah, like I said, never went back to basketball, um, like, seriously and then, uh, yeah, have just gone gone from there.
0: Yeah, and I suppose employment-wise, did you pretty much, when you got out of, like, finishing your certificate four, did you just stuck into work?
1: Uh, I did. I did in Horsham while I was still in school. I, yeah. I started working just as a gym instructor at, at, um, at the YMCA there, at the gym that I went to already. Yeah. And I was doing that like very like part-time, like barely many hours at all. And then um, I'd actually just locked in a position to basically run the PT section there um, after year 12 because I'd, I'd applied for um, exercise and sports science at Deakin University. Yeah. And um, I, I got in and then deferred that. I was going to take a a year off anyway and just work at the gym there in Horsham. And then obviously, as I said, that all changed pretty quick. So after that, I, I was doing some casual shifts here in Melbourne, just at MSAC down here as a gym instructor. Um, But other than that, like I was literally doing one or two shifts a week. It was like next to nothing. Um, But in that time, like I wasn't working, but I was still just doing a heap of my own research and study and, I was obsessed, I still am, but like obsessed with learning more about training and nutrition to be able to improve my own knowledge, which then helps me help other people as well. I just didn't know that it was going to go down this path to the point where it was like what I was doing for a living. It was more so just for my own interest at that time. But, um, but yeah, so it was a big help. So was like
0: business-wise, as in taking time to slowly build up um, your business now?
1: Yeah, it's taken, uh, it's taken a long time. It, it definitely, that was one thing that I tell you know, I think you and I have spoken about it a few times and i talked to a lot of PTs that are just starting now um, yeah. about my experiences that it just does not happen anywhere near as quickly as what you think it's going to happen. I thought that I was going to start as a PT, work in a busy gym and be training like a full book of clients straight away because I was like, oh, there's plenty of members. I'm sure people want to train. Yeah. It didn't happen like that. It um, took a, a long time. You know, like I started PT at the start of 2014 and you know, 2020 now, and like it's it took it wasn't until probably 2000, and to be honest, maybe 2017, 18, where I started to get to the point where I was comfortable with like like being happy with how many clients I was training.
2: Yep.
1: Um, along that way, I started an online coaching business as well, which I think has just been like without that, I don't even know whether I'd still be doing PT to be honest. It's just
2: yeah. even now, like
1: at the start of the week, I'll look at my calendar and, and see like a full week of clients and then. I don't think once has that ever gone as planned. It's just a very inconsistent job, in my opinion, because it's just just people cancel, people get sick, yeah. stuff comes up, people decide they can't afford it anymore, and whatever the the reason is, it's pretty hard. It's a hard job, and hours are long. Uh, you've got to work hard, um, which is what I tell a lot of people as well. If you're not if you don't like love it, and you're just in it because you think it's an easy way to make some money, you, like you're in for a pretty Rude surprise, but um, yes, yeah, so I've been building up my business ever since then, I, um, particularly obviously working with people in person and, and helping them get results, but also a lot of it has been content through online platforms yeah. such as you know Instagram, my email list. The podcast now has been going for about three years, which has been awesome. Um, all these platforms just been giving out as much free content as I can pretty much on a yeah. daily basis to build up trust and to help people and that's I'm still doing that now I'm still doing the same stuff now as what I was doing when I started and that's um you know because that has helped me get my business to where it is now just want it to be but because yeah. it's helped me keep working on building it up it just takes time and patience
0: no definitely there's some good points to take out of that as well and I think with the online coaching I think it's well, obviously, a perfect time for us now, with obviously not being able to use gyms too, so I think that's a really good platform yep. for people to look into um, for the online coaching. There,
1: yeah, it is, and it just gives you the um, gives you the opportunity to reach people. Um, obviously, you can only if you're working with people one one all the time, or even in groups. Like, you have to be there, you have to trade your time for money. Whereas online, yep. you're able to get access to a lot more people. You're able to help a lot more people in a shorter period of time in terms of like providing what they need. And, um, yeah, even if it wasn't for the coaching as well, being able to do right,
0: Next question I just wanted to touch on is, what's your approach to nutrition? Uh,
1: my approach to nutrition is a pretty – there's two sides. Of it. one of it, One side is quite disciplined and, I guess, strict, you would call it. The other side is very relaxed and sustainable. And my whole approach is making sure that the approach for whoever it is, whether it's myself or whether it's a client, is sustainable and something that they can do for the rest of their life. it doesn't feel like a diet whether you're trying to lose fat or whether you're trying to gain weight muscle mass you know increase your performance improve your overall well-being it shouldn't feel it shouldn't feel difficult to the point where you don't enjoy it so um, i'm a big believer in knowing your numbers in particular knowing your calorie intake and your protein minimum carbohydrates and fats ratio is not as important but still can be something that i guess looked at particularly for personal preference but you know to lose body it's very simple like Nutrition gets is overcomplicated because of how much information and products are out there. To lose body fat, you need to be in a negative energy balance, which means you is going to require you to eat in a calorie deficit over time, just a, a small calorie deficit. So anything below your maintenance intake, all the, all the deficit means that you're eating, you're expending more than you're taking in, basically. To gain muscle mass, to gain to gain weight, you need to be in a positive energy balance. So calorie surplus eating slightly more than your maintenance intake and that's all it takes so once you know your, your calorie intake which is very easy to track using apps such as things like my fitness pal and there's plenty out there all you need to do is is have a rough idea every day of how close you are to your calorie goal um, make sure you're eating your protein minimum getting you know the majority of your calorie intake from nutrient dense whole foods i think that's really important as well um, and if- It's being consistent. So if I know, you know, it takes the guesswork out of your body composition results. If I know that to lose body fat, I need to eat X amount of calories every single day. It's Simple. All I got to do is do that. I mean, it doesn't matter how, yeah, I think the misconception is that there's good and bad food. There's no such Mm -hmm. thing as good and bad food. All food contains calories. And, you know, I use example often that you can eat too much brown rice, chicken breasts and broccoli and gain fat. Just as you can gain fat from eating too much pizza and burgers and drinking too much alcohol. So keeping everything that you enjoy in the mix but making sure everything's in moderation. Um, It's tracked every day. So that's the discipline side is that it needs to be tracked or at least roughly. and It needs to be consistent. So if things aren't working, it's very easy to see what to change. It's just like I often say it's like being the CEO of your own body. Yeah, definitely. running a business everybody should know their numbers you should know what's coming in what's going out when things don't work you can have a look at the stats look at the numbers to see why or why not um things are working yeah so it's the same with your body if you know your numbers it's a very 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 simple process and that's what i've been able to teach my clients and and, and others for a long time now regardless of whether it's someone that just wants to lose a few kilos or whether it's someone that wants to compete as a professional athlete or to get as lean as they've ever been in their life, it's all the same process. It just varies in, in, um, in how disciplined and strict you are with those numbers. So that's, uh, yeah, that's my approach with nutrition. Yeah,
0: awesome. Um, with your clients, do they have a much better understanding of when you explain nutrition to them?
1: Yeah, it's simple. I mean, like, I, yeah. a lot of the clients that I work with have no idea about yeah. nutrition when we start. And, like, I'm confident to say that within two to four weeks, they are pretty much in complete control. Like, they yeah. haven't understood. Without a doubt, it does not take very long to teach someone that knows nothing about nutrition how to take complete control and that's that's what my coaching is all about like it's not a great business model, but the idea of me coaching someone with nutrition is so that they don't need me I don't yeah. want them to be able to have to rely on me telling them what to do to see results and that's what a lot of programs offer yeah uh, follow this plan and you'll see results but outside of that plan, the client has no idea what to do or why they're doing it yeah I want to eliminate that I want to eliminate that it's, it's yeah, like I said, I don't want them to need me. Uh, I
0: suppose even with clients coming to you as well, do they have like a, some might not have like I suppose a healthy relationship with food, um, like food behaviours for them.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean that's often caused by like I said, a lot of these copy and paste plans that people get given um, yeah. a set intake of calories that's not relevant to them as an individual at all, and under eating and 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 reoccurring cycles of that. So you know, the most common one is like to eat well from Monday to Friday and feel like you're doing really well and on the weekend you just don't care and you overdo it and and that creates a really unhealthy relationship with food because you see food is good and bad yeah. and when you have a meal such as pizza in your mind you've stuffed the whole day up. Yeah. So that often leads to that vicious cycle of binge eating or just saying I'll start again next week or just letting the whole day blow out and I use the example quite often of you know, it's like if you eat a bad meal and then say that the rest of the day's done and you just say, Stuff it, I'm gonna eat whatever and just eat as many calories as you can. It's like yeah. walking out of the house in the morning and seeing your car tire slashed or a flat tire and then you go around and slash every other tire on your car as well because you go, Oh, well once one's flat, so I may as well make the rest of them flat as well. It just makes yeah. unless you're an absolute psycho, you would not do that. <laughs> um, so so it, it, when you look at it that way, it's pretty straightforward, like yeah. As I said, you have your calorie goal. You can fit those foods into your calorie goal as long as at the end of the day you're at the intake that you should be at. And if people can understand that, the whole nutrition thing comes very easy. There's no stress. There's no guesswork. It's just follow these very simple fundamental rules, and we're yeah. good to go.
0: Perfect. Now there's some really good points there. I like. Next one, um, I wanted to ask: How important is like implementing the big lifts, like executing them well too?
1: It's it's really important. I mean. That's something that I'm really big on as a coach, and I think other trainers should be as well, is when you're starting with someone, you want to teach them the fundamentals exceptionally well. I, uh, I often talk about executing exercises perfectly. Every rep should look and feel the same. It's a movement pattern. It's something that needs to be taught, something that needs to be learned properly. It's not just like, oh, grab these dumbbells and do a chest press and just do it how you think you should do it, or like yep. what, how everyone else is doing it. It's a skill. It's like learning how to play the guitar when you learn you shit out at it over time you practice it properly you learn the fundamentals you, you repeat that practice that perfect practice over again and it becomes becomes easier you become good at it yeah. so it's no different to lifting it's movement patterns um you know even simple things like learning how to squat with your own body weight before putting a client underneath a bar mm. you know these are very simple things but they're the, they should be you know i say um, often like the base of a cake is all your compound lifts. The icing on the top is all your accessory exercise, the isolation stuff and, you know, like the bicep curls and the leg extensions, all that type of stuff. That's easy to learn. That's not the, that shouldn't be the, the meat of your program. Your, your main part of your program should be your compound multi-joint movements that are done exceptionally well and it takes time to learn how to do them and, um, and a lot of clients as well. You know, when they come in, they want to just come to the gym and leave and feel like they've just been smashed.
2: Yeah.
1: For some people, that may be the goal, and if they're paying you, then maybe you should just give them that. Yeah. But for the majority of people, you need to try and it's you got to try and get the client to buy in. To yeah. the fact that you don't need to leave every time feeling like you've just done the hardest workout in the world. It's about progression. It's about learning. It's about implementing over time, and progressing. Like starting at a at a low base and building up. Build that foundation. So then, when you you do know how to do all these lifts properly, when you have you've given your body time to acclimate and 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 progress with the periodized program over time, you're then able to then go in and smash a session and feel like you've just done a, a huge huge workout um, and and see see these results and and have that feeling when you leave the gym and know that you've put in 100%. But there's a big difference between progression and just leaving the gym feeling hot and sweaty ready
2: yeah i mean i
1: could get i could get this guy that's walking on the other side of the street at the moment i could tell him to come over here and take me for a workout for an hour
2: yeah
1: and he could make sure that at the end of the hour i'm absolutely smashed it's not that hard anyone can do that but it takes someone with knowledge
2: yeah
1: and it takes practice and takes proper programming to be able to progress someone over time
0: yeah definitely uh last one i just want to touch on give us your top three tips just for this isolation period
1: top three tips in terms of what training we can
0: go we can go lifestyle health and fitness
1: i think the first one is to keep moving so as i said at the start of this episode you need to be able to adapt so obviously most people don't have access to a gym at the moment if you're in melbourne anyway um so being able to adapt if you've got limited equipment being able to then do different exercises that you're not used to doing or find other ways to overload the muscles or you know, just change your workouts up a little bit and not just kind of say to yourself, if I can't go to the gym, then I won't worry at all. Keep moving, go out for walks. It's great to see a lot of people out um, exercising and probably wouldn't usually be doing it now. So that's the first thing. It's just really important, not only for your physical health, but particularly for your mental health is that you need to keep, keep active and, and keep that body moving. Second thing is keep some form of structure in your day. You know, for a lot of people that are working at home or maybe not working at all, Whatever, whatever the case is, try and have some form of structure and routine in your days so that you wake up with purpose and you know how your day's going to look and you allocate time to do certain things and not just let the whole day be a blur and, and just waste your day and get in the habit of just coasting along and, and one thing rolls into the next and all of a sudden there's no productivity, there's no, um, there's no enjoyment, there's no nothing. It's just, it's just a big blur. Try and avoid that. You know, like By setting a morning routine and day habits, um, you know, planning out your day, saying you know between this hour and this hour I'm going to do this. In the afternoon I'm going to do this. In the morning, you know, having having some form of structure. And then I think the third thing is just making sure that you're taking care of your your mental health yep. with things like meditation, with things like you know even t- stuff like this, like listening to podcasts, keeping some form of interaction with other people, whether it be Facetime, going for a walk with someone. Um, it, you, yeah, mental health is, is, is the, should be a priority. Um, so learning, taking the time to learn new skills, learn new things, um, reading, like I said, in, engaging with other people as often as you possibly can um, and, and not getting too caught up on the news. Like, obviously, yeah. at the moment, as i said, wow, I've just seen the worst car park I've ever seen. <laughs>
2: uh, in, the,
1: uh, in the news at the moment, we uh, most... Oh, it's getting worse. <laughs> most of the news is uh, uh is negative it's not good like yeah. the the news channels are, are just feeding us just negative news over and over and over again so if you yeah. get if you're buying into that day in day out that's all you're listening to and then you go and talk to people on the street and everyone out there is negative as well like it can't be a, it's not going to come as a surprise if you're constantly not feeling great so You know, set your intentions for the day, meditate, make sure you've got a purpose, make sure you're setting some small goals and and make the most out of your day to take care of your own headspace. No,
0: that's really good. The listeners will definitely take uh, those points on board. So hopefully they can implement them this period as well. Thank you very much for your time today, Danny. Um, Where can the listeners find or keep updated and find you um, on social media?
1: Um, Yeah, mate. Thanks for having me on firstly. And, Look, the best place to come and find some more content would probably just be um, my podcast, which is the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. There's heaps of content on there, which I think um, will relate to absolutely everybody, at least one episode um, for absolutely everybody. And then also my Instagram, which is just at DJK Fitness. I put up a fair bit of content, particularly on my stories each day, just to try and help people out. So um, they're probably your best two places to, to come and find some more stuff.
0: Perfect. Thank you very much. I hope your listeners got some value out of today's episode and have a great day and see you in the next one.